Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, 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 my Heart of Dating family. What is up, you guys? How are you? Now, I realize I asked that question and you can't exactly respond to me, but needless to say, I hope that however you are, you are doing whatever you can to just take care of yourself right now. I think that just needs to be a consistent reminded theme in 2021. Ownership and taking care of ourselves, whatever that looks like in order to balance our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Can I get an amen for that? Okay. Now, friend, we have a raw and, dare I say, beautiful and relevant conversation today with a brand new girlfriend of mine. But before we get into all of that goodness, I want to share a few things. First of all, we are launching a singles conference. That's right. Singled Out is happening February 6th, and it's going to be crazy amazing. Y'all, it is just, woo, I cannot wait. We have the legendary and fierce Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. (laughs) We have the one and only Lisa Bavere, the incredible Sadie Robertson Huff and Christian Huff. We have Chad Veach from Zoe Church. We have the talented Jen Johnson from Bethel Speaking. We have the legendary, the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Henry Cloud. We have Dr. Darius Daniels, who I just love. We also have the intellectually amazing Marianne Jordan. Anyways, we have over 20 other speakers. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Now, if you are not available on February 6th, do not even worry, my friend. You have all the time in the world to watch the content from these incredible speakers. You are going to actually have access to all of this content for a full year. Plus, if you get your ticket, you are getting a bunch of cool bonuses as well. So check out our website, singledoutconference.com to take a look at all the speakers, all the topics, and the bonuses that you get with your ticket purchase. You're going to want to check it out, you guys, because this is going to be the event of the year, the perfect way to start off your singleness in 2021 with a bang. All right, now I want to talk about season six, which we are in right now. I've taken the different themes of my brand new book, Thank You For Rejecting Me, that comes out on February 16th. Uh, Yep, that is soon and coming up. I can't believe it. But this book is all about rejection. And each week, I am having a guest on to tackle a specific theme through the telling of their own journey and their story. And then on Fridays, I will be releasing mini-sode episodes with a bunch of practical tips. And this will correspond to specific chapters in my book, okay? I really want you to start 2021 feeling refreshed, feeling healed, and feeling equipped with incredible tools. Now today, we are having a conversation based on chapter one in my book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, and chapter one is actually called Neon Bikinis and Cellulite. What does that bring up for you as you think of wearing a neon bathing suit with cellulite on your body? Hmm, just... A thought there. But you guys, this chapter is all about body image and specifically body shame. You guys, body shame is one of the biggest triggers for both genders. And that is why I started off my book 
talking about body shame and body image because it's one of the biggest ways in which we self-reject. We reject ourselves before others even have the chance through what we think about ourselves, through what we say to ourselves, and it is just so toxic and can really affect how we show up in our lives. Today, I brought on my newfound sister, Meredith Foster, to talk about body shame and feeling confident in your skin. Meredith Foster, previously known as beauty guru, still a babe, 09, started a YouTube channel in 2009 and spent her teenage years growing up in the online space, accumulating over 4 million subscribers. Her mission is for all women to know their worth, identity, and purpose. Beauty is a light in the heart. That is what she says. Author of Fostering Your Best Self and podcast creator of Unfiltered Faith, her intention is to use her God-given gifts and testimony to inspire and empower others to overcome their trials and choose joy. Now today on the podcast, Meredith opens up about an eating disorder that she had and how she overcame her tendencies and learned to love herself, which was quite the journey. And she also learned how to love her body in her skin as it is right now, today. Now in tandem, I personally open up about the ways in which I've personally hated my body to the point of crippling anxiety, chronically working out, taking diet pills even, and even, dare I say, morphing my body before posting it on social media. I used to do that years ago when I had a blog. You guys, this conversation's raw and real, and I pretty much don't know a person on the planet who hasn't struggled with body image, body shame at some point in their life. And you know what? The biggest way that we are going to conquer future rejections is first First, by being able to stop rejecting ourselves. And body image is one of the absolute biggest ways that we do that. So this conversation could not be more pertinent to both men and women. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear what I have to say and what Meredith has to say. So without further ado, my conversation with Meredith Foster. Meredith Foster, girl, welcome to Heart of Dating. Hello. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me, Kate. Oh, girl, this is going to be awesome. Even just what we were talking about before, I'm just so excited to chat with you today. Oh, my gosh. It's something I'm so passionate about, and I'm just so thrilled that we have someone like you who's bringing light to this subject and just shining light upon it and helping young women overcome this. It's just, it's so amazing what you're doing. So thank you again for having me. Thank you. Well, I'm so just honored and thrilled that we got connected a little while ago. And I know we have some mutual friends, which always makes it so fun. I'm like, oh my gosh, this amazing person. And then I like binge watch or stalk everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this person. <laughs> I love what they're Isn't about. Crazy? Like, I, love- I don't even really remember how I found you. It must've been through someone else that I followed on yeah. Instagram. And then I saw your page and I was like, oh, I need to follow this girl. And then I just stalked your whole page. And I was like, yes, I need to meet her. <laughs> I know. And then we find out we live close together, like 20 minutes away. It's like, oh, well, this was meant to happen. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So Meredith, I want you to just, before we dive into this conversation, would you just mind sharing a bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. Okay. So my name is Meredith. I started a YouTube channel in 2009 with the username Steelababo9. That's how a lot of people uh, recognize me by, and then I changed it to just my, my full name. And I started creating lifestyle videos, fashion, beauty videos. And my intention from the very start was always to inspire and empower using my God-given gifts and my creativity and just the things that I was passionate about to inspire young women to 
kind of go after what they're passionate about. And so I created videos all throughout high school. I basically grew up in the public online space, like in the public eye. And so my audience saw me grow up and go through all these changes, the highs, the lows, all the struggles. And um, they were really a part of my journey. And they saw um, my testimony. And my testimony in short is that I just... um, I basically lost myself throughout like my teenage years and then God restored who he always created me to be to myself and finding my identity and my worth in him alone. And yeah, so I'm just really passionate about women finding their their true worth and their identity and knowing who they are and how valuable they are. And a lot of my testimony has to do with body image because I went through an eating disorder and and God brought me out of that and it's it's it was a battle and it's something that I think we kind of always are going to battle but God God is with us and he's going to help you overcome because we're more than conquerors in Christ so um that that's really what I'm passionate about Oh, girl, I can't wait to dive in more. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I want to just bring up the fact that, I mean, you really do have an incredible story that we'll dive into, but just the fact that you grew up uh, in a ways in front of the public, you know, because you started this in high school and that wasn't exactly my story, but even just in the last few years and being more in the public eye, it just sometimes what can happen is, I don't know if you experienced this, but it's like you start feeling like all these people are looking at me, admiring me or liking the way I'm doing doing things, but then uh, behind the scenes, you mess up or you make mistakes or you don't do things always exactly how you're sharing with other people that you're doing them. And you're like, wait a second, like, am I an imposter? Like, what is there like it, it, it's this weird reverse, like insecurity that you start developing, right? Yes. I experienced that because on my, because I basically created this persona of myself. It was kind of like a character that I portrayed through the screen. It wasn't fully me. It was the just the highlight reel of Meredith Foster. And so I felt like I had to be that person and I couldn't live up to who I the person I had created online. And so that was kind of the first struggle of of that is that I was I did kind of feel like an imposter and um looking back now it's really amazing because God has really worked in me to show me like, okay, this is who you are. And he kind of met me where I was and worked on me and showed me, okay, you can be yourself fully and you can just be yourself. Like you don't have to pretend to be anyone that you're not because you're perfectly, you're made in my image. Like I made you this way for a reason. Yes. Yes. I think I've struggled with that same thing so much. So, and even just like in childhood years, like being what I thought my parents wanted me to be and being like the top of things and just so focused on like what others perception of me was and trying to craft that image. I mean, I'm an Enneagram three and that's like notorious for being more of a chameleon in ways. Like you're like, whatever you want me to be, I'll be, you know, like, And that's kind of like the demise of the Enneagram three, but what I've had to learn and one of the prayers, like just short prayers I speak over myself when I'm struggling with that is I I say to myself, nothing more, nothing less 
just as you are. Mm. Um, and yes. it, it's like just that, <laughs> just saying it to myself, you know, like this is not, you don't have to be anything more. You don't have to be anything less. You can be just as you are. Like you're perfectly accepted just as you are. And that's a hard thing today too. Like people, I mean, we see instant fame also for so many people these days with social media and TikTok. Like it's a whole new world out there where people are like having to deal with this. People who are yeah. following them and looking up to them when they're really young, you know? I yeah, and I think the main thing I've seen over the growth of this social media thing, because in high school, Instagram for me wasn't even that big of a deal. So I can't even imagine like being in high school right now and having that and looking at, you know, just these people and and really comparing because that's what happens is you'll you'll look at your phone and you're looking at all these people and you start to compare. And what happens is that comparison kills your joy. So it, it takes it, it takes that joy away. And God wants you to have joy. He wants you to be happy with yourself. He wants you to love the person that he created you. So that's where we really have to guard our hearts and our minds and our eyes and kind of filter what we look at and um, yeah. you know, just be really mindful of it. Yeah. We just, the awareness is so big. So something I want to start bringing up as we move into this conversation about, um, body image and insecurity is, you know, whether someone listening is in the public eye or not, a, a lot of the audience is, is not, but they may, they still struggle. So many people struggle with what people think about them or wanting to be what they think they should be based on societal standards, social media standards, like reality TV standards, rom-com standards, whatever standard, right? And in fact, it, it said, and I put this uh, stat in my book that 90% of American women specifically today are unsatisfied, unsatisfied with their bodies. Now, I don't know the exact stat for men and we do have men listening, but I can assume it's probably pretty high as well. And yeah, yeah and that's where I just kind of want to begin our topic as we talk through today, like body image and insecurity, because when it comes to developing insecurities, I would say that body image is pretty much one of the biggest insecurities that so many of us face. And it like just the way we see ourselves and just our physical beauty and our bodies. And like, that's, I mean, we are in our bodies, you know, and that's what people see yeah. when they look at us, they see our body, they see our face, they see all of those features. And so it's like the thing that we feel we end up getting the most insecure about. And I believe that it's the thing that that will keep us so stuck in negative thoughts about ourselves. And that's where I start the book actually with this chapter talking about it because I'm like, this is the crux of the matter. Like we need to talk on the deepest layer. When you feel unlovable, it's because somewhere deep down, you don't love yourself and your own skin. So I just want to talk about with you, Meredith, right now, because what what happens, what I've seen is that sometimes this builds up over time and sometimes there's like a moment that happens where things start shifting for us. And so what was it for you? Tell us a bit about your story and how your experience of insecurity and body image kind of got shaped. Yeah. So, I mean, growing up as a kid, like we're so carefree. We have no like we we look at ourselves and we we don't think about our bodies really when we're, we're when we're little. I feel like we're just so we're like oh we're awesome we're so carefree and that's how God wants us to look at ourselves as like a little child like that childlike spirit. And I think as we grow up, we start to you know see where we've got like TV and the media and magazines and they're like oh well this is how you get abs in 15 minutes. And <laughs> I think we all get sucked into it at one point and that's when our 
perception of ourselves start to change because we're trying to mold into an image that really isn't how, you know, it's not attainable. It's not something that we can attain. Um, And so I think for me, especially on YouTube, I really started to compare myself to other people. And because I wasn't strong in my identity and I wasn't firm in who I was, I really, really struggled. Um, And I think even if you are, like, if you do know your identity and you know your worth, it still can be a struggle because the devil will lie to you and tell you that you're not beautiful, that you aren't good enough, that you aren't measuring up. And that's when you have to declare and speak truth over yourself and tell yourself that you are, because that's how you're seen in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. And um, it says in Samuel that uh, the Lord doesn't see as man sees. The man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at your heart. That's an amazing scripture. And what you're saying too, with the comparison, it's funny as I was like researching for the book, we are, it's interesting with the comparison piece when it comes to body image, because that standard has actually shifted, is ever shifting and always moving. Like mm, actually yeah. like, you know, okay, let's go back a hundred years. We're now in the, tw- you know, 2020s, you know, but in the 1920s, the ideal standard was like bored thin with no chest. Like it was a totally different kind of beauty that was beautiful. But then when you go before that, what was beautiful was a curvier woman, like a really curvy woman. And actually women who were like really thin or even men that were really thin, that was seen as like weak. And that was seen as you don't have a lot of money because you can't eat. You don't have the money to like eat a really big meal, you know? And so the standard has changed so much in the last um, like a hundred years. And now today we've been in kind of like this weird for the last almost 20 years we've been stuck in this phase of like you know where women who are (laughs) just like kardashian style like that's really desirable suddenly or like yeah like the big over emphasized curves or for guys like the rock for example like this crazy intense big (laughs) muscles yeah like and that's like a standard that guys you know and that came also from arnold schwarzenegger i would say and terminator Mm -hmm. All of that, and then moving into the rock, and those are still societal standards that we hold today. Um, even though we've moved into more body acceptance and all that stuff, it's still out there. Like there's so much of it, and it's like, what if it's always changing, and we're trying to always change to what it is? We'll never arrive. You know, that's yeah. part of yeah. the point. It's just this never-ending cycle. So for you, Meredith, back in high school and leading up to your eating disorder, I just want to know the backstory, like how, what led up to that for you in terms of how you saw yourself and how those habits started forming, like break that down for us. Yeah. So, okay. (laughs) I, I'm trying to think back to when it really started. I think it was kind of a buildup of things. It wasn't like I woke up one day and I was like, okay, I want to like, lose weight or get thin or whatever. It was more of like a buildup of things because I had been told or I had people tell me that I wasn't thin enough or I wasn't good enough. And I had been rejected by guys and I assumed it was because of my body. And so I think I had this idea in my head where I was like, okay, I need to work out and get really thin. And then maybe this guy will like me and he Mm. won't reject me. Um, and (laughs) this is something, this is funny. I'm like actually saying this because it's something I never really talk about because it's like, not that it's embarrassing, but it's like, it's, I mean, kind of like I, 
I'm not ashamed of it because it's it's the truth. Like it's that is why I I did it. And it ultimately mm-hmm. it's because I didn't know how valuable I was and that those those people that rejected me, they didn't see my worth. And I first of all, I didn't see my own worth. So they didn't see my worth. And then it kind of just went downhill because I wasn't really seeing myself through the lens that God sees me. And so I just went on this whole journey of thinking that, okay, if I get to a certain point and if I look a certain way, then I'll be accepted and I'll be liked by people. And so I was looking for the, uh, the approval of man over the approval of God. And, and one of my favorite quotes that my friend Cambria Joy says, she says, we're not created to perfect our image, but to reflect his image. Mm, wow. Yeah. And and so I just went on this whole thing of like, hey, I need to be perfect. I need to look perfect. I was like striving to look a certain way. And that never brought happiness and never brought fulfillment. It never filled up my cup of my desire to be intimate. Mm. And I was always left empty after. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so, it's so tough because we, whether we realize it or not, like the constantly seeking validation and approval, but from somebody, maybe it's going to lead to an eating disorder, or maybe it will lead to you having deep, deep insecurity where you don't even feel comfortable talking to a man, but whatever yeah. it is, it's going to lead to something really toxic and take you away from being able to be truly confident in your skin, confident in the man or woman that God created you, you know? And so like, I feel like something like an eating disorder or whatever might form in a way it's like a numbing mechanism to kind of like basically keep us from facing that lie, you know, that lie or that fear of what we will be, what someone will think of us if we're not X thing, you know, it's like, so we're numbing through whatever it is for you. It was through not eating. Restricting. Yeah. Restricting. Exactly. And so, and we, we all cope with things like people, someone may go to alcohol or something else. Like there's different ways that people go. Oh, for me, girl, I went to dating everybody. My numbing mechanism was like, I'm going to date to no, to no end because that (laughs) needed, like I, when I talk about this in my story, like when I was 15, 16, I had like 16 boyfriends (laughs) and it's like, I just was like every few weeks, like new guy, new guy, new guy. And like, no joke for 10 years, I was nonstop dating and it was my, my numbing mechanism. So that I didn't have Mm -hmm. to face what I really thought about my body, what I really felt about myself. And instead I filled it with just dating and kind of that, um, I would say I had an addiction to validation, addiction to men. Yeah. 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 So for you, what are, what are some of the things specifically that you feel like when you went, like the things that you were comparing yourself to, like, I'd love to just break down, like what broke, what, what was your concept of beauty as you were going through this? Um, I honestly, for me, it wasn't that I was trying to look like someone else. It was more that I just wasn't, I wasn't content with, with how I looked. I think I just don't think I was ever at peace with myself. So it was, I was always in this place of striving and until I really surrendered that control, because a lot of it was, I wanted to control what I was putting in my body. I wanted to control how I looked. I wanted to control how people saw me and when we are, when we're trying to control, we're not trusting God. And so I had a fear of letting that control go. And it wasn't until I fully surrendered and was like, God, 
I don't want to feel like this. I just want to let you, I want this to go into your hands now. And I don't want any fear to stop me from overcoming this because I wanted to get better. It wasn't like I was sick and I was just wanting to stay in a dark place. I actually came to the point where I was so desperate to get better that I just called out to God and was like, I need you. Like I can't do this by my own strength. Mm -hmm. And that's when God stepped in and partnered with me and, and helped me overcome it because I really couldn't pull myself out. I had to, I had to ask God to help me. And I had, it was just really, truly amazing because it took a few years to like fully shift out of it and get the right mindset. But the more I uh, spoke truth, God's mm -hmm. word over me and renewed my mind, that's really what helped me was renewing my mind and what he says about me. Now, if you haven't heard yet, I wrote a book on rejection. It's called Thank You for Rejecting Me, Transform Pain into Purpose and Learn to Fight for Yourself. And you guys, it comes out on February 16th. That's right, just in time for Valentine's Day. <laughs> now, I know with confidence that this book is going to help you face your past rejections, heal from the ones you're going through currently, and prepare you for the future of rejections that may come. It's all of my darkest stories of rejection combined, from betrayal to heartbreak, abuse, abandonment, feeling like a total failure, not fitting in, being uninvited, wondering where God is within all of the pain, and even in the tragic ways in which I've self-rejected through self-hatred, insecurity, and body shame. Friend, I just truly cannot wait for you to get your hands on this book on February 16th. Now here's something else I want you to know. After years of helping others with their dating life, this year I found myself thinking I was in the middle of my own redemption story, when suddenly I got broken up with by the man I thought I was going to end up with. When I wrote this book, I never considered that the very words I'd write would end up being the exact thing I desperately needed to heal my own heart this year. I have spent many nights since that breakup on my hands and knees crying out to God in utter pain and frustration, but simultaneously. I have thanked God through the tears for the powerful healing that this book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, has provided for my own heart. Knowing what I know today, I gotta say this. I'm so grateful that God did not give me what I thought I wanted. Today, with more confidence than ever, I wanna shout, thank you for rejecting me. And friend, I want more than ever for you to be able to claim that for yourself too. Whether you're dealing with self-rejections like body insecurity or self-hatred, whether you're lonely and dealing with a massive heartbreak, whether you've been abandoned by someone important to you. Maybe you consistently don't feel like you fit in anywhere. Maybe you've been betrayed or horrifically abused. Maybe you felt weighed down by sexual shame. Maybe you feel like a failure from all the closed doors in your life. Maybe you're stuck wondering where God is within all of it. Well, guess what? We're talking about all of that in this book. Now, if you are also feeling the weight of rejection right now, I want you to know I created a free five-step video series called How to Get Back Up When Rejection Knocks You Off Your Feet. It's all about how to muster the strength to take the very first steps right after being hit down. And today, I want you to know that if you pre-order my book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, you'll be able to get access to this really special, sacred, and healing series. It has such a special place in my heart because it actually helped me in the immediate throes of devastation after my last breakup. These practical steps enabled me to have the groundwork to take the first steps to find the strength to stand up, tend to my hurting heart, and start the healing process. 
If you pre-order my book, Thank You For Rejecting Me, you'll not only get access to this incredible series, but you'll also get a special workbook to coincide with the series. And you'll get early access to chapter five of my book called The Ugly Cry. You'll also get exclusive access to the Thank You For Rejecting Me Insider Launch Team, where we will be doing a private book club. What I've learned through my years of rejection is this. Rejection can try to have its way with us, but that doesn't mean we can't have our way with rejection. Friend, I am so excited to be on this journey with you. If you want to support me, you can go to thankyouforrejectingme.com or tyfrm.com and you can pre-order your book right now from your favorite book site and get immediate access to all the pre-order goodies. I bet there's so many people right now that are listening that can relate to just like the vulnerability in that. Like I, and maybe they're in the place of right now, just feeling like they've gotten to a point where they just really don't like themselves, whether they are, they're struggling with an eating disorder or whether they just like do not like their bodies, you know? And I feel like COVID in 2020, like everyone's put on more weight and just like, there's probably an even higher propensity of just like, oh, like I don't like how I feel. And then we come off the holidays and then, you know, extra five pounds there too, or whatever. And there's probably in 2021 where we are now just like this extra feeling of like, uh, I feel even less confident, you know? And so- Like when you were in that place, just going into the the place of the eating disorder and what you thought about your body, like you kept doing these things to control and to restrict. And if you could put a word or like name what you were feeling on the inside, like what was it that you were feeling on the inside as you were doing these things? Because we do it because we think, right, it will give us some sort of desired outcome that like we do it because if I do this, then I'll feel whole, I'll feel beautiful, I'll feel validated, I'll feel worthy, you know, whatever. But often it has the opposite effect. What was, what did you feel as this was all happening? That's a very interesting question because like looking back, I am trying to pinpoint like what that feeling was, like why it took me so long to like finally just let go of it and be like, God, I can't, I don't want this anymore. I think I felt the, 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 the restriction over food and over exercising, it made me feel like safe almost. Like I was secure because I was doing everything myself. And I have kind of a backstory of, of where it led up to Uh, the eating disorder where I had a group of friends that, um, they saw me start to get really healthy and my body, even though my, my outside appearance still looked really great inside, I started to develop like disordered thoughts about how I looked and my friends who I thought were my friends at the time, um, they went online and they took the story public and they started telling my audience that I was sick, that I wasn't healthy, that I was starving Mm -hmm. myself, that I was uh, depressed and that I was going to commit suicide. They they were saying this online and it was so disturbing to me. I felt betrayed by my friends and I had such a lack of control about what other people were saying about me that I think I used the eating disorder was my way to cope with what people were, what I could not control. What I'm wow. saying is like, I, I went to that to control um, what I was going through because I couldn't control what people were saying. And I think that can be relatable to what a lot of people are facing because it truly breaks my heart. I have a friend that, um, she knows a, a a young boy that just commits suicide because people were calling him names and body shaming him. And it, it just breaks my heart because I, 
I, I understand. And I've been there where people will say things about how your body looks. And at the end of the day, I just want people to know that it's not how you're, it's not about your body. It's about your heart because beauty is a light in the heart. It's not what you look like. You're more than your body. You're more than your appearance. And so it just is something that I just want that message to go out. Like if you're struggling right now and people are talking about you, whether it's your body or just your, how you are, like what you're doing in life, your career, I know how frustrating that is for people to be talking about you and feeling like people are judging you. And I just want you to know that you are so loved by the creator of the universe and he has a plan on your life. There's a reason you're here. And um, that his opinion of you trumps every other opinion that's out there. And he just wants you to know how much he loves you. Mm, girl, preach that. That's so good. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. Man. Okay, girl. I just, this conversation is, it, it's so hard because I don't think there's a person on the planet that I have met that hasn't struggled with the way they see themselves, you know, yeah, like at seriously. some point in your life, because your body changes and things about you change, parts of your personality sometimes change over time as you develop or you're friends with different kinds of people, you move different places. Like there's so many things that changes that change in your life and therefore, and our bodies change and therefore it can lead to just, wait, I used to be this now and this, how do I think about that? Right. You know? And then you start comparing yourself to previous versions of yourself, not even comparing yeah. to other people, but you're just comparing to previous versions of yourself. And you're like, uh, <laughs> like that was a big part for me. Wasn't just comparing to others, but then also I would start comparing once I started going through body fluctuations, I would compare myself to like the what I used to, to look yeah. like, you know, and yeah. be like, well, I used to look like that. Like back then mm -hmm. I was so skinny back then I had a six pack, you know, like now I, I can gain five pounds in a week. <laughs> you know, like Now I feel bloated every day. Now it's this, that, and the other. Back then, I didn't even know what bloating was. <laughs> you know, like, and you start comparing yourself and being like, wait, but like, what happened? Like, that version of that girl is what I want to be, you know? And then you get into this downward spiral again. But what happened to me, I'll just share this and I'd love to hear what happened for you. But my, the way I dealt with my body image issues was um, a few years ago, I was working a high powered career and I was like really overworking myself. I didn't know the definition of stress. I didn't know how to have healthy boundaries. I was just kind of a workaholic. And because I was living in New York at the time, I was going to Milan like 12 times a year to Europe. And it was, I was doing all that and then having friend group stuff. And I would lead things at my church and I was doing everything and living off of five hours of sleep and trying to get up in the morning and go to the gym. Like literally that is ridiculous, but I was, oh, that's not good for you. No, body. exactly. And so through all of that, it led me to my body starting to change and getting different fluctuations. I started gaining weight, even though nothing quote unquote in my life was changing, right? Like I was still eating the same and all of that, but everything was building up to a point that my body reached a breaking point. And so I started gaining weight, being more inflamed. I started getting sick every two weeks. Like my immune system was shot and I was, I was so tired. I didn't know what was going on. And that went on for a series of a few years actually. And what ended up happening was I got so crippling for me that I got so nervous about people seeing me out and about because I was like, if they see me, they're going to recognize that like my face is rounder than it used to be. And, and I would get anxious about if somebody wanted to take a group photo, if I did go out, like, and they took out a phone, they're like, let's take a group picture. I would be like, 
I don't want to be in this picture or I want to like have my very specific spot with my specific angle and I want to approve the picture before they post it. And just like this whole really hyper like control, like to your point earlier, like I had to control the situation. And there were days where I actually didn't even go out because I was like, I feel too bloated or I don't like the way I look. So I'm not going to go out and be with friends just because I don't want them to see what I look like. And other things like I also acted out in jealousy towards guys I would date because they would like interact with the girl who is pretty. And I would just be instantly jealous because inside I wasn't at all confident. They were probably just having a harmless interaction with the female, nothing like nothing bad, ill meaning, you know, and I was overreacting. And so for me, I was like, just riddled with anxiety, self-sabotaging relationships with sometimes seemingly good men. I was jealous. I was, I then got into a place of like editing photos and just morphing the way my body looked and then posting them on the internet, you know, like, and that's almost the easiest thing people can do now. It's like with some of our apps today, you can make yourself look like anything. (laughs) Like It's crazy. Seriously. Yeah. All the filters (laughs) and the filters, which I do use, but then I'm like, wait, sometimes I'm like, no, we're just going to go on there without the filter because it's what like the and what I had to realize was what what was my intention behind why I was doing those things and so that's kind of what I wanted to ask you too like what were some of your side effects of having during this whole process for you I relate to so many of those <laughs> like especially the not wanting to be in photos because then you don't want to see what you look like like there were so many times where I I've just, I had, I had side effects. My, my confidence, first of all, was shattered. Like not only when on multiple occasions too, like when I was going through the eating disorder and I was extremely underweight, my confidence was so low. I wasn't even myself. Like my personality changed. I like was shy. I, I, my friends were like, what, like, who is she? Like, she's not herself. Um, I was always, always cold, always hungry moody. I was like that Snickers commercial. Like you're not you and you're hungry. I was just like, (laughs) so such a mess all the time. Um, and it just really like showed like people could see that. And then when I started to recover, when I started to gain weight, which honestly, oh my goodness, like if we're just going to be real, it was hard. It was, it was so hard to like look in the mirror and see like more body fat and just see that. But I, I had to be like, okay, this is normal. Like this is going to happen. It's okay. So two of the things that stopped me from overcoming and like recovering was shame and fear. So shame and fear are not from God. They're from the devil. And when you are filled with the shame and guilt of something, like if you are hiding something, you're going to be afraid to tell someone what you're struggling with. And that stops you from getting better because it keeps it in the dark. But once you shine light on it and expose it and tell someone, then you can start to actually overcome it. So fear is just a tyrant. It's always telling you that you cannot handle your condition. Mm. And so what I ended up doing was I was like, okay, I need to no fear, no fear, Meredith. So I literally got a tattoo on my arm that says no fear two summers ago. And it's just crazy because it's almost like a prophetic tattoo because then here we are in 2020 and like all this crazy stuff has happened with COVID. (laughs) And it's like, God is like, Meredith, no fear. You got to trust me. You can't have fear anymore. Um, And God's 
perfect love casts out all fear. So when you're perfected in his love, you don't have fear. And so that's really what helped me overcome. And I just stopped partnering with the lie that told me I was never going to get better and that I was just broken. And I just declared the truth over myself that God has not given me a, sp- a, a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. That's First uh, yeah. Timothy 2, 7. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, and th- there's so much actual power in renouncing the lies and then claiming the truth over them. And when I talk to, when I coach people individually, Oftentimes what happens is people are like, I want to, like, I haven't, like, I can't find someone. Kate, help me find someone. Like, I want to be set up, you know? And and what often what we have to do is we actually have to trace back first. Like, what is keeping you from meeting? Is there anything that's happening in yourself, in your life, and how you're showing up and how you view yourself? Because what happens, Meredith, is like, if we don't have confidence in our body and our skin and what we look like, we're projecting that to the people we meet because mm-hmm. we don't look them in the eye. You just said you were more shy. Like, I bet, mm-hmm. like, if you were interacting with men, you probably were a bit more shy too. And that, so when we are, when we're unconfident, when we don't love our bodies, we are already thinking this guy isn't going to like my body. This guy isn't going to think I'm pretty. He's not going to think I'm interesting. He's not going to think whatever. And therefore it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Cause when you're talking to that person, you're going to like, reflect that kind of energy. Like yeah. it's going to come off and how you look at them, the eye contact, the, your tone, your warmness, like even just like the way your body is shaped, like through whether you're standing up straight and tall with confidence or whether you're hunched over or try, kind of closed off with your arms crossed. Like it, you can, there's all these weird energetic things that somebody could actually feel when you're not yeah. ex, like exuberating confidence. The other person can feel that. <laughs> And they it's so true and though. They, confidence yes. is key. It can change it can change the room when you walk into a room. Yeah. And so when you have that shame, when you're shaming yourself, like you were talking about and then you are going and you're meeting somebody and you meet someone who's cute, but you are still in the back of your mind, shaming yourself, berating yourself. And then that person's not interested in you. Then it just continues to perpetuate the cycle. There's something wrong with me. I'll never be beautiful enough. I'll never be this enough. And it and then you go downward, 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 downward. And I did a talk earlier this year um, for one of the conference I spoke in that was just how to get unstuck out of your singleness. And the thing like, that I see is so often we get stuck in these self-fulfilling prophecy mindsets where if we're, we're shaming ourselves and we get stuck in them. And when things happen that perpetuate that shame and that lie, we just continue to believe it that much more until we can say, wait a second, I need to take back my power. This person Mm. doesn't have the power to make me feel amazing. You know, God is the only person that can make me feel amazing and loved and worthy. And so once I can stop giving away my power to this guy who I'm talking to, or to these people on social media, or to the girls in the bikinis when I'm at the pool and what they're thinking about me when they look at me, you know, when we stop giving them our power and we start taking it back and realizing, wait, I have the, I have the power because I, God has entrusted me with that kind of power. Like I have a strength within me as a daughter and son of Christ, you know? And so we can get back to that mindset. It's like, wait, that person doesn't need to have that power. How do I take back the power and start rebuilding this for myself? Because it doesn't happen overnight. Like you said, you know, it took a few years for you to like really get out of this whole cycle, you know? And I would say the same for me when I was struggling with 
what I looked like and the fluctuations in my body and editing, editing images. Like it took a long time to just be okay. Today I I'm more bloated today. This week I gained five pounds. Are you okay with that Kate? Like, what do you really believe about yourself? Do you believe you're less beautiful this week? Cause you gained five pounds. Like where does your worth come from? Exactly. Exactly. No, that's so good. And it's true. We do have the power. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is within you? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Mm. Oh my gosh. Hello. (laughs) My gosh. Okay, girl. I love this. So, uh, you know, you, you talk about renouncing the lies and breaking like the, this partnership that you have with the lie and speaking truth over them, God's truth. What are, is there anything else practically that you did that helped you in this time, whether support from friends or controlling media sources or just anything like that, that like helped you as you started to kind of, you know, take back your power and build back up your image and that confidence? I think a lot of it came from who I surrounded myself with and my friendship choices and people that would speak into me and speak life into me and and really speak truth over me as I was speaking it over myself and just um, friends that would build me up and lift me up and encourage me and ultimately just support and having that like solid friend group of people and um and then also yeah filtering what i would look at i just think i i really just stopped following people that i was comparing myself to um and i just was like okay i'm not going to follow this person and it's just people posting bikini photos like that's not helping me um and if you don't want to unfollow just put them on mute yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah keep that connection but you don't have to look at their photos yeah um yes. but yeah guarding your heart and guarding your mind and that really helped me And just really, yeah, those were the two main things. And then with like working out, because I definitely had a a phase where working out was so, I was at one point where I, if I couldn't get a workout in, I was, I would go insane. Like I would beat myself up in my head. I was like, you're so like, I would like say mean things to myself because I wasn't like getting a workout in. I'm like, oh, you're going to lose all this progress or whatever. And it's, it's really, uh, I'm just so grateful that God has renewed my mind because if that had, if, if we'd been like on quarantine when I had that mindset and I couldn't be at the gym, I would go crazy. Like that, that would have been so bad. So I'm just like, okay, I'm so grateful that like that whole mindset has shifted and has changed because it was just such a unhealthy place to be. And, and I don't think it just happens overnight. I think it's a gradual process. So if you're at a place right now where that is your mindset or you're struggling with that, don't be hard on yourself for it. Just give yourself grace, give yourself extra grace because God gives you grace and we all have it. So just don't be hard on yourself and just, just really embrace the beautiful person that God created you. Just embrace yeah. Cause it, I mean, we're going to mess up and quote unquote mess up. We're going to not go to the gym as consistently as we want to in some seasons. We're going to eat more than we want to in some seasons, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all about balance is what I found is like, Hey, working out is healthy for me overall. I should be doing that to some extent, but if it becomes excessive, like excessive working out, which I've definitely gone through those phases where it's like, Oh my gosh, you didn't make it to the gym today. Then I suddenly become anxious. And I'm like, <laughs> like, uh, uh, is, am I going to gain weight? Is it this and the other? I'm going to lose my muscle mass. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And then it becomes that you're anxious. You're like, ah, oh, and you don't, you're not able to even enjoy the yeah. process of like, 
your yeah. your day-to-day life or even enjoy working out. Like again, it comes back to like the intention. What's your intention behind doing said thing? Right. Yeah. You don't want to let it rule you and um kind of come before God. Like if we're spending our all of our time obsessing over what we look like and all the things we don't like, then we're not we're not focusing on the one who created us. We should spend more time worshiping him and and thanking him for how he made us and just being grateful overall for, okay, I have legs. Like I can go on a hike. I can move my body. Like I'm healthy. Like just being grateful for those little things that I think we overlook sometimes, like just be, you know, our health and all that. So that's definitely helpful. Gosh, thank you so much for sharing that. I, oh, so good. I'm coming to mind right now. I just thought of this, but I have a friend who is a bigger girl and she's beautiful, but she's a bigger girl. And what I'm always amazed at is just her level of confidence as we wrap our conversation to talk about the confidence in your skin and how that shows up in dating. Because she, when I see her out and about, like when I see her in a room of guys, like she comes in with such confidence and charisma and just knows who she is unashamedly. And like men are attracted to her. And I've seen it so many times where I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. You know, like she, and it just, because it's the way she sees herself and she brings that into a room. And I'm like amazed at the amount of guys that just like are so attracted to her level of confidence. And it makes such a difference. So I just want to ask, you today, like how have you noticed this kind of play out with your journey of dating or how you view yourself around men? What does that look like for you? <laughs> you know, I, I think it's changed a little bit. To be honest, I don't, I, I haven't been like on a date in years. Like yeah. I don't, wow. I haven't even dated anyone. Actually, I've never even had a boyfriend. So yeah. I don't like, I have really nothing to compare it to. I would say my confidence around men has gone up. I find that I'm much more secure in who I am and I'm not, I'm like, it's crazy. When I was going through the eating disorder, I was just so shy and I was really just, I couldn't express my true self. But now that I'm like walking in purpose and walking in my identity, I'm so much more back to like the old Meredith of like joy and just like being a free spirit. And so I've definitely noticed that, but I think like coming, coming up like in the future, like dating, hopefully my confidence really shines through. And I just, I'm just very grateful that I'm at a place where I am confident in who I am. And it's such, I just, I want everyone to be at that place. Yeah. I think what I noticed the shift in myself personally was I used to, I had this terrible trend of just not being able to look men in the eyes. I was like nervous that if they really saw me or saw my face or saw it, like it was like going to, it was like, if I didn't look them in the eyes, they weren't able to see me, which is so counterintuitive oh, because obviously yeah. they can see you, you're in front of them. But like, there's something in me that was like this hook of like, I can't look them in the eyes. And so years ago, as I was breaking, stripping down the layers, I realized what a problem I've had with like looking men in the eyes. And I was like, this needs to be a part of my my journey. Like I have to, as I am rebuilding this confidence, I have to practice looking in their eyes and it becomes such a trend, like such a habit. Like for me, it was such a habit that like, even as I started developing confidence, it was still a habit that I was like, I still just feel uncomfortable looking men in the eyes. And so I not awkwardly, now I'm not like staring in their (laughs) eyes, like, Hey, like, you know, with like the no blinking, you know, it's like, Hey, what's up? (laughs) But I'm just genuinely like practice, not looking away as much or just like, wait, yeah. Now that you bring that up, I'm like kind of seeing that 
I kind of have done that too. Like I, I, I've noticed that I get like very, ner- not nervous, but I get like, <sighs> I get weird when it comes to, I have a hard time distinguishing the difference between like a male friend versus like, if I'm like interested in them romantically, <laughs> I don't know. I, because I think of my past, like I just, I don't really know where to draw the line or how to really do it. And I think I'm, I'm learning though. Like I would say now I'm in a much better place, but it, I can relate to that. Like the looking of looking in the eye, because I'm like, am I like nervous for them to see like me, like really know me who I am? Like, am I like building all these walls where I don't want to let anyone in? I think that's an interesting thing. Like the eye contact is very, yeah, yeah, it's important. That's just how it showed up for me in such a way where I'm like, I now practice like looking the guy in the eye when he's talking or when I'm talking like, and eye contact does make a difference. Obviously, again, not the weird intense stare where you're just like no blinking, but just like practicing with the softness in your eyes, like looking someone in the eye. It says like, I see you. I hear you. I'm interested in what you're saying and I'm letting you see me and I'm open to that, you know, and it shows like a level of confidence and bravery to speak from a place of sharing, uh, especially when you you like someone because that feels that is more vulnerable, you know? No. Did you know, you probably knew this, but um, body language, which includes eye contact, that has more communication impact on than like your actual speech, what you're saying. Yes. 100%, Isn't that insane? Yes. Like that's crazy. Yes. And that goes with like anything like romantically or just like platonically, like your body language says way more on when you're communicating. Oh my gosh. That's wild. God is so cool. I know, which is why texting is so tough and and things like that, because like you, it's really hard to see any expression behind that. You like have no idea what the expression is. And so I love FaceTime, things like that, because at least you can see more of the expression, but it's, it comes back to like, again, also when you're meeting people of the opposite gender like what is are what's your posture like are you have an open handedness like like cuz when you're crossed arms or you are like fidgeting it indicates that you're not interested or you're closed off and so so many things about our or if our shoulders are turned like we're kind of always looking like we're about to go away or we're not interested in talking to them so practicing like standing front facing to them with our arms open and tilting our head and having a soft smile and eye contact like things like that it makes such a difference. But when we don't feel confident in ourselves, when we don't feel comfortable in our bodies, it's very hard to do those things. It doesn't show. Yeah. Yes. What's, what's your love language? Yeah. Well, it's words of affirmation. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. yeah. But I do think this just shows up and like some people are really good at putting it on for like work stuff. But I think when it comes to relational things, we just, we clam up that much more. We're like ner- that much more nervous. It feels that much more right. intimate and it's where like today, if there's any message we're speaking, it's that like, Hey, you, there may be things holding you back from some of the, like stepping into the wholeness of who God created you to be and that you have the power to change that. And like, that's exciting, you know, and that you can partner with God to reframe these scripts and work through those things that you've thought about yourselves, whether it's that you're unlovable, you're not beautiful, or if you're a guy listening, you're not handsome or that you are unworthy or whatever it is, like you can reshift those mindsets about yourself and replace them with the truth and walk in confidence. Like, I guess you and I, we're saying it today, Meredith, we're like, it's possible. They can Amen. do it. Amen. No, it's so, you can reframe the way you think in your brain. Like yeah. it's very much a thing. It's so cool. Yes. So to, la- to wrap up our conversation, do you feel today that you have confidence? <laughs> I 
and I have confidence. I do. Yes. Yes, girl. And I love I have, it. I have God confidence. God, yeah. Godfidence. That's what we call that, girl. Oh, yes. We love that. <laughs> love that. Confidence. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. And what would you say today? I think you said it earlier, but what would be now, how would you define beauty today? Oh, I did say it earlier, but I'll repeat it. So beauty isn't seen by the eye, but beauty is a light in the heart. Wow. I love that. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> So good. Let's everyone go write that down. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, go write it down, guys. Yes. Um, okay, Meredith, what would be today your final nugget of dating advice for dating the heart advice. of dating people? Okay. Yes. So short but sweet. Okay, so this would be my advice. Don't chase or strive, but wait for someone who pursues you with clarity and intentionality. Trust that God's timing is best because he wants the best for you. Ooh, girl, snaps. I love that. (laughs) Man, I love it, girl. Thank you so much for today and for all I just being vulnerable and sharing your story. Yeah, it's there's a lot of power in our vulnerability. So I'm just grateful that we could have this conversation. Yeah. If people want to like connect with you and get to know your radiant self a little more, how do they get connected to all the things you're up to? Okay. They can go to Meredith Foster on Instagram. They can go to well, they can DM me on Instagram, but I have a YouTube channel. It's just Meredith Foster. Pretty much all my socials are Meredith Foster. And then I, I run a podcast called Unfiltered Faith. Yes. So good. I love your cover image, by the way. You guys look Thank so Thank you. Pretty. We just shot that in the snow up in uh, – up in the mountains. It's so pretty, beautiful. I love okay. it. Oh. Well, friend, thank you so much today for sharing. And I'm just so excited to see how God's going to continue to use your story and praise him for honestly healing you in such a beautiful way. And that and you, you too. Oh, wow. It's just, we're, so it's such a testimony of God's goodness and his yeah. faithfulness. Yeah. Such yeah. a joy. Well, love you, friend. And we'll talk love soon. Love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. What'd y'all think about that episode with Meredith Foster? I love getting to do this every week. I love diving into topics that are about dating, but that span more than just how to be in a dating relationship. Because y'all, guess what? So much of the health of our dating relationships come from the health of ourselves as individuals. And so much of how you are going to show up in that relationship and treat someone else also depends on how you are showing up for yourself and how you're treating yourself. So I hope this conversation really helps you to reflect on the ways in which maybe you've been mean or cruel to yourself when it comes to your body. Also, if you want to know more, you should definitely check out my book. Thank you for rejecting me. You can get it on pre-order right now. It comes out on February 16th and chapter one of the book is going to tackle this subject in more detail. Don't forget also this Friday, we have a mini series coming out. Can't wait to bring that to you. So I'll see you then. And I love you guys. Bye. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.